0: Uh, because I, you know, I really think if people were more aware of these problems, they, the French border wouldn't be number two most popular breed in the UK. Uh, I think people truly understood how common these problems are.
1: This is the With a Dog podcast, a podcast for the modern dog parent. I'm your host, Carly, and every Wednesday, I bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents, and we laugh, learn, and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m. potty breaks, essentially life with a dog. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I know that this last week has been rough, and... If you're listening to this episode in the future, it's because there have been multiple attacks and basically a war started between Russia and Ukraine. So Russia is attacking Ukraine. And it's been really hard, I think, on the world to see humans attacking each other and to see the impacts on the people of Ukraine. And And I understand If everyone is feeling just a little bit more anxious, a little bit more concerned about the state of the world, a little bit more questioning humanity to a certain extent, I think there's been a lot of that going around. And um, same for me as well. So I know you don't come here to talk politics on the dog podcast, but I just wanted to, you know, do a little like, hey, everyone, mental health check in. A lot's been happening. Basically, and I get that. And I'm not going to lie to you, this episode talks a little bit about that too about the impact humans have had, like the hand that we have had in altering dog breeds and their genetics. And I think it's a very valuable conversation to have. I've actually been dreaming of doing this episode for so long because I wanted to be able to bring this type of information to all of you and just put it out there. Into the world to hopefully help others as well. So this episode is all about brachycephalic breeds. We talk about what exactly is a brachy breed, the common health issues these brachycephalic dogs experience, the origination and cause of the brachycephalic skull shapes. And on a more hopeful turn, we we talk about what we as society and we as dog lovers can do to help the brachy breed situation. So I think you know, even if you're a total dog lover and obsessed with dogs, maybe you don't know what brachycephalic means or brachy breed means. You know that there's dogs out there that have a hard time breathing, breathing, and they have like a snubbed nose, and that's it. And and you know it's an issue. You know it's a health problem, but you don't know why it happened or what exactly is happening as far as the anatomy inside the dog and all of that. So we go into that in this episode. I am so happy that Dr. Ben was willing to do this episode with me and have this conversation. He puts out so much good info. Highly recommend following him on his social media channels. He has the biggest following on TikTok, I believe, but he does post a lot of his TikToks to his Instagram. So either one, highly recommend following him. And I think we're just going to jump right into it. So a little bit more about our guest today. Dr. Ben is a veterinarian who is harnessing the power of social media to spread awareness about inherited health issues in dogs and call out harmful content online, amongst, of course, other animal-related topics. So, Dr. Ben, welcome to the With a Dog podcast.
0: Oh, hi, Carly. Great uh, great, great, to be here. Uh, nice to be able to speak to you.
1: Well, it's really great because I feel like I've seen your face on TikTok so much and, and I'm just like liking all of your videos <laughs> and so it's nice to actually have a conversation. Yeah. Um, So just to jump into it, if you could briefly introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah,
0: so um, my name is Ben. I'm a small animal vet. Uh, so I qualified uh, 2015, so it about seven years ago. So I've worked in first opinion, general practice uh, since then, but um, really in the last year, I guess I've, I've started to um, do a bit of stuff on social media. Uh, so I post videos on uh, TikTok um, regularly and on, on Instagram, uh, talking about um, dog-related issues mostly, or sort of general veterinary kind of content, but like mostly focused on dogs and and particularly on um, inherited uh, health issues and uh, related to pedigree dog breeding or purebred dog breeding.
1: I find them so valuable. You know, there's so many people I think um, they're like, oh, tiktok and yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. which i get you know yeah. they're like they go on and they see the dancing videos and i'm like no but there's so much cool info yeah, yeah. like your content
0: yeah whenever i tell my friends uh, well, i started putting videos on on tiktok they're like oh you, you, you're dancing i don't know no dancing <laughs> no dancing I, I can't pull that off um but then but I, I mean i i hadn't i barely used tiktok before you know i've really only been using i only downloaded tiktok probably a month or so before I started posting um, videos on there. So, uh, you know, yeah. I'm fairly new to it all, really.
1: How, when did you start? Was it like 2020, pandemic, you're bored, like the rest of the world or?
0: Yeah, essentially. So um, I guess it's been, yeah, sort of t- uh, 2021. So probably near the start of 2021. And and I think, I guess what kind of got me into it, I, I enjoyed writing. and I, I started writing a blog a few months before that. Um, and I put a few pieces on and there was one particular piece that I wrote uh, about that really was just discussing veterinary fees and um, there'd been an article in the spectator which is like an online newspaper magazine in, in the uk that was quite um, uh, negative talking about the veterinary industry and really kind of suggesting that vet fees are inflated because mm-hmm. pet owners are willing to pay anything um but uh, it's, it's, i guess it's a slightly different kind of situation in the uk because we're not really used to what the cost of healthcare is. You know, in the US I guess people are kind of confronted with that a lot more. But in um you know in yeah. the UK a lot of people have no kind of gauge really, no kind of comparison. Mm-hmm. Um but, but anyway, I I I I put on a blog talking about that and um it got shared over a hundred thousand times on Facebook. Um I I put it on just a vet online uh, vet group and it kind of just got shared and shared from there. And I and I think after after that I sort of realised like the power of the internet really to, you know, mm-hmm. for you know, I think social media gets a lot of bad rap for misinformation that's spread on there and harmful content, but actually, you know, it's a massive, um, you know, massive potential there for sp- spreading reliable, um, uh, you know, scientifically based information. And really, I saw, um, you know, TikTok as you know a, a way to kind of just continue doing that, continue, you know, spreading, uh, talking about important issues and yeah. getting, getting them out of there to, to a, a large audience.
1: No, I completely agree. I think, as you said, social media or just media in general. That's why I wanted to start the podcast because I was just like, everyone's on a walk with their dog. They might as well listen to something, you yes. know, dog yeah, related yeah. at that time, yeah. and you know, get a little info as far as the health or whatever about dog life. And I really enjoy your videos because I think uh, you do such a great job of cutting down very complex problems that you know, if I were to Google myself, it would just be layers of articles and like, you know, maybe a little some things that are maybe a little too scientific for the regular, you know, the layman person who's not a vet. And yeah. and yeah. so you you do a great job of just explaining something like that I think oftentimes is very complex, but yeah. in a nice little short form video. Yeah. So yeah. yeah no, yeah. I love it. Um so you said you've been a vet for about seven years now.
0: Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. About seven and
1: years. and so you said small animal vet, so that's primarily dogs cats
0: yeah dogs cats sort of, yeah I, I guess sort of 90 percent dogs and cats and then sort of a mixture you know, small furries rabbits guinea pigs um
1: are there specific breeds that you find are more common where you live like yeah. in london you know than others or anything like that because i was for me like spaniels aren't as common here and so right. going over there and seeing that like work, working cocker or spaniel is just all the time so i didn't know if yeah. you like notice like one breed after another
0: yeah I mean definitely so I, I used to work um uh near outside uh, north of Cambridge I know in a more rural area and definitely saw more big dogs there um, And we did see some working dogs which you know living in you know working in London we don't really other than sort of maybe like uh, assistance dogs and police dogs um you know we don't see the sort of spaniels that are taken out shooting and anything like that um yeah but, uh, but yeah, generally, so I, I, um, I live and work around East London and Essex, which is, um, yeah, sort of north, uh, uh, northeast of London. And, uh, yeah, generally small and medium breeds. So we don't see a lot of large and giant breeds really at all. And, um, and particularly, I guess the most popular breeds we're seeing, particularly over the last few years, seeing a lot more of the, um, the cockapoos and, um, you know, all the poodle crosses. Uh, so they're uh, yeah. definitely uh, very popular. Um, and, and all the the brachycephalic um, breeds as well. So, um, uh, you know, French bulldogs. I think they're currently. Uh, so the UK Kennel Club they release their uh, registration data um, every quarter. Uh, so I think the most recent quarter they're a number two uh, most popular breed. Um, and I think the bulldog was in four or five. Uh, so that definitely okay. kind of you know tallies up with what um, uh, what I see. And Lab- Labrador, as is quite a. You know, I think been on on and off the number one for decades. Uh, but yeah, I've seen a lot of laps as well.
1: Yeah, I now that it's coming back to me, I forgot about the cockapoos. Those yeah. are very. I don't feel like I've so seen. So they're not as, so. Are they I've not so popular some. in
0: the US? Yeah.
1: No, no, they're Um, usually it's like mini golden doodle. Yeah. Is like what they're you know, and so it's like a golden doodle that has been. Bread to be smaller, yeah, or, yeah. or something like that, or bread bread with like a mini Australian Shepherd. Or, yeah, you yeah. know who who knows all that, how it all works. But um, so speaking specifically of the brachycephalic breeds, that's why I brought you on today because yeah. I think, as I said, your videos, you know, explain so well some of the issues and just what a brachycephalic breed is in the first place. But then also, I think as a you know, in the dog world, you hear like, oh, yeah, pugs have hard, hard time breathing or Frenchies just make that noise. And it's something that old, you know, dog parents know. And maybe yeah. they even know the like the word brachycephalic or like yeah. brachy breed or something. Yeah. And then that's the extent of it. Like yeah. no one knows what's actually like what it actually means like anatomically yeah. or for their health or anything like that. Yeah. 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 So can you give us kind of a rundown of like, what is a brachy breed
0: yeah so brachycephalic means short head or short skull um uh so really yeah it's any 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 breed that has a a flatter face or less of a, a nose you know really they're kind of i guess there are some breeds that are the extreme brachycephalic breeds so you know talking about french bulldogs the pugs and and uh bulldogs uh and uh, i guess boston terriers kind of sort of semi-fit in that group as well and um, and then there are um, uh, you know, also Shih Tzus, are sort of, you know, also more moderately brachycephalic, um, okay. and then there are, yeah, a few, few breeds with slightly longer noses that people kind of, um, you know, some, some people would say Staffordshire Bull Terrier um, is a brachycephalic breed. And, you know, they can be bred with slightly shorter noses, but the majority of them are, are not not brachycephalic.
1: Okay, yeah. So is it is it actually like a classification? of a breed or is it just like
0: i guess it's if more, they have that yeah if they have a flat a flat uh, <laughs> relatively i guess if they um yeah if they have a relatively flatter face you know most i guess most dog breeds um y- you know they're all descended from you know common ancestors of the gray wolf and they all got a generally a longer kind of snout you know you're looking at uh you know there are some breeds with a a longer a, a longer snout so they're called dolichocephalic. Mm-hmm. um so i guess like a borzoi that kind of breed or yeah. um, you know with a really exaggerated kind of long nose and um, but most mm. dog breeds are mesocephalic so they they have a just a, a normal muzzle length so you know a, a labrador or a a, Span- a cocker spaniel. all those oh, breeds generally though. have the same kind of you know similar proportions of their skull so i didn't know differ. all those
1: different yeah i didn't know the like different classification mm. you know you just hear the brachy breed because yeah you know the, the, it's kind of more of the the word of, and the problem but yeah no i didn't know that there was also the classifications of like the different lengths of noses yeah. um so just speaking more on like what brachycephalic means let's say you have a they do have that longer snout yes would it still be considered brachycephalic or like no uh, because i i
0: guess it depends um yeah depends how flat the face is really you, you, you okay. maybe would maybe classify them as moderately brachycephalic um but i think essentially if they have a you know a um uh i guess in the so in um in the netherlands the, there is a uh a, a, a effectively a ban on breeding brachycephalic breeds Um and they use a um a ratio of a the the muzzle being uh if it's less than a third of the length of the 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 skull um then they're okay. classified as brachycephalic so i i guess yeah i guess yeah it depends where they fit in that kind of classification um but i don't think that's necessarily a universally kind of accepted
1: yeah i think that's really helpful because you know let's say you do have a very well-bred pug boston yeah. terrier whatever you know and they do happen to have that longer snout yeah. that is the third or over so that means that they aren't necessarily brachycephalic yeah. um but so that's good to know because I think we all just like lump it like every single dog yeah. in this breed. Is
0: yeah, yeah, and and so. and yeah, and 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 even though actually a lot of the it may be that you know okay, say so, say so all you know generally all uh, purebred uh, French bulldogs, for example, are brachycephalic, and um, but but they do you know there are individuals in the breed that will breathe a lot better than others, and and so it's not. All you know, it's called brachycephalic obstructive airway syndrome, the sort of breathing problems that they have. So, you know, it, it, it is caused by having a shorter skull, but not all individuals, dogs that have a shorter skull, are equally affected. Um, so, uh, you know, it depends on uh, you know, factors such as the you know, how wide their nostrils are and how long their soft palate is. Um, and there are factors such as their sort of um, you know, studies have, have shown that. It can correlate with the 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 width of their neck as well. So a wider neck, um, uh, in uh, I think it's in pugs, um, is uh, like correlated with more severe uh, airway obstruction. Uh, So there's a few factors, anatomical factors involved.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay. So speaking specifically on the medical issues that they have, and all those factors involved. What are some of the common health problems associated with brachy breeds? Like, why why do we know their name basically in society?
0: Yeah, so I guess the number one you know issue that people know about is their breathing. So that's the most obvious thing. You know, a lot of these um, breeds they breathe with their breathing is noisy. So they breathe with what's called stutter, and um, which is just that sort of kind of snorting, snorty sort of noise that they that they make, and um, and that's really because they you know they their skull has been shortened but all of the you know they still have uh you know soft tissue inside their throat inside their nose and hasn't reduced in size significantly so you know their their tongue is relatively too big and the the small bones in their nose which are called turbinates are often all crowded together so that can obstruct their their nose their nostrils are uh narrow um the their their palate so their soft palate at the back of their throat um is often too long so it actually you know, sort of obstructs it pushes into their um uh into their airway uh blocking it um uh, and all of that means that there's just a lot more resistance to air um you know getting into their uh into their lungs and over time things you know can worsen so some of these dogs don't breathe too bad when they're young um, uh, but as they because their airways are always subjected to all of this pressure, and the throat and their larynx can start to collapse over time and weaken. So their breathing issues can worsen over time. Um, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, and and it's not it's not just the um you know it's not just the uh, it's obviously the you know with the breathing issues they uh you know they can't just have, they can't have exercise intolerance. So all these dogs struggle to. Um, uh, you know go on long walks or um, they're often perceived as lazy uh, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people like about these breeds that they're they they do not need as much exercise but a lot of them don't need as much exercise because they're not able to exercise it's not that they're they're lazy that's, that's something people often perceive mm-hmm. about them um, yeah yeah I mean the other things as well so that these kind of issues with their throat can mean that a lot of them suffer from sleep apnea as well so they that um, their the air can obstruct as they sleep um, so, a lot of them don't sleep very well. Um, and and it all, uh, you know, dog, dogs dogs don't sweat um, uh, other than from that pores, which doesn't really play any important role in heat regulation. So, they pant to to, to lose heat. Uh, but these dogs can't lose heat effectively. So, they're at much higher risk of, of heat stroke as well. Uh, so, that's another uh, problem we see in them.
1: As you were listing these off, I was just like, okay, so they can't sleep well, they can't exercise, they're always hot. It's may be a little anthropomorphic, but it's like, if if that was my state of being, I would be yeah. so miserable.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Or
1: like, you know, those are like the recipes for good health and cardiovascular yeah. health. Yeah. The fact that these dogs aren't able to get that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like
1: that alone sounds like an issue.
0: Yeah, yeah. and I mean, such a basic need of life to be able to breathe uh, and to, you know, have any kind of hindrance to that is just yeah you know uh not some unfair for, for, the, for these dogs yeah. um yeah the other thing as well is that they, with the because they uh, often these dogs breathe with uh, a lot more effort and um you know that creates more negative pressure in their chest something we see quite commonly with these dogs is they have issues with regurgitation so they um uh you know it's often when they just after they've eaten um or if they're you know maybe an hour or two later if they're exercising and running about they will just not vomit but they will just the food will just sort of passively come up out their throat um, uh, and that's something that can put them at risk of uh, high risk of pneumonia as well so that's something that is documented to to happen more commonly in these breeds. Um, so I guess they're the, the sort of breathing issues of the headline kind of problems with these breeds but um, mm-hmm. you know the other things uh, to consider they're, they're um, much more likely to uh, particularly the pugs, um, uh, but all of them really suffer from various uh, eye problems at high levels. So eye ulcers, issues with their eyelids. So uh, having extra hairs growing on their eyelids or enrolling of their eyelids. Um, um, but generally, they're just their eyes are a lot more prone to trauma because they uh, often protrude a lot more. Um, they often can't blink completely over their eyes, so they can't distribute the tears over their eyes as, as well. Um,
1: Isn't there something with the king charles cap the cavaliers like their their skull is not large enough to cover their brain or something like that is that related is that a brachycephalic thing um, like skull they, size? Or? yeah
0: so it, it's, it's slightly different with the the cavaliers they have a more specific um skull deformity uh, at the back of their skull um uh, which means that um uh, yeah overall their skull is too small really to contain the the brain so they can get herniation of the back part of the brain out of the little hole that goes out of the, uh, the okay. skull um, and that can lead to various issues so they can get a spinal problem called syringomyelia that's related to that skull shape um but uh
1: okay but it's not it's not related to like the smushed like front of the skull face kind of no, thing no like a lot not, of these other dogs yeah, yeah i guess it doesn't like,
0: help okay. but it's not a no that's not not yeah. specifically so yeah it's not that we don't um, particularly see that problem much in the sort of pugs and of those those breeds
1: yeah okay from everything that you've said it's making me wonder how this even came about because there's obviously so many other dog breeds out there that have that more like normal average healthy length snout and skull size so do you know how like and why the brachycephalic breeds it has gotten to this point
0: Yeah, I mean, they've really, it's really been in the last sort of 10 years that, um, I mean, certainly talking about in the UK, that the um, Brachycephalics have got so popular. Um, You know, French Bulldogs, say, 20 years ago, weren't a a popular breed. Um, Yeah. uh, You know, but their their popularity has increased hundreds and hundreds of percent. Um, And I think really the the main reason that we're drawn to these kind of breeds is because they have human-like, features so they've got you know their round kind of smushy faces with the, the wrinkles and uh, their big eyes you know their eyes are uh more towards the front of their skulls so we make more eye contact with them um, and sort of bond with them in, in the same way really they're hijacking the um, parts of our uh our, unintentionally you know obviously passively hijacking they not sort of <laughs> worming into our brains and um trying to take over um but these breeds really hijack the responses that that, that our um, uh, in our brain that uh are there to help us bond with with our children you know with babies
1: so that's maybe what has increased their popularity and just like the look and and i know a lot of people who who have frenchies or pugs and you know they just they love the personality it seems like a lot of times they're like yeah
0: yeah i think that hooks people in um, but they absolutely they're lovely dogs they have great personalities um i you know i i get a lot of hate for putting these videos on 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 tiktok so that yeah you know, that i hate these breeds i don't hate these breeds I, you know i love them that if, if if it weren't for their issues i would love to have a frenchie um you know they do have the yeah. best you know, they have a great personality um but uh Uh, you know they just have so so many problems uh, you know for me and uh, you know i I don't know very many veterinary professionals that own these own these breeds because we're so exposed to their health issues
1: i think that's that is the hard thing about probably working one of the hard things about working in the vet industry of just you see many breeds in and out with all their health issues and and that's like when i briefly worked at the vet in in the past it like that was hard for me, you know, so whenever yeah. my friend is like, I want to get this breed, I'm like sending them your videos like just a heads up. These are some <laughs> of the common health problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. do what you want, but just a heads up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So, okay, so these breeds became really popular as far as people wanting them. Yeah. Is it an issue with the breeding then that led to – The shortened skull like was it somewhere down the line these these dogs became so interbred with certain ancestors that had that more smushed feature i mean they've
0: they've essentially just been selected for a more and more extreme appearance over time so if you look at pictures of of bulldogs from a hundred years ago um, they don't look like bulldogs today. They, you know, they have an actual muzzle. Um, they do have a relatively sh- shorter muzzle. Um, uh, but you know, these breeds were designed to be uh, the bulldogs originally um, bred to be ball baiting dogs. So they were meant to be athletic dogs. But you know, the bulldogs of today. The majority of them yeah. can can, can, can manage not, doing that.
1: They're not considered athletic. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. A sort a of 10 minute walk for some of them is, 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 is hard work. So, um, so the, yeah, they've just been over time and, and the, really the sort of, um, the way that dogs have been bred, they've just become a lot more exaggerated. Um, and the, uh, and what is, does you considered desirable they've been bred a lot more for appearance rather than temperament and, um. Uh, Okay. skills and abilities
1: all right so yeah i mean i from what you're saying it seems like humans maybe human intervention with breeding them has specifically kind of caused
0: yeah yeah these issues yeah and i guess it's think you know on that on that kind of on that line um, a lot of these breeds are really reliant on veterinary intervention to actually exist because um it, bulldogs uh, uh d- depending on what study you look at um, and you know where you get the data over 80% of them need a cesarean section to give birth. So, you know, the, these breeds wow. only exist because we go through the trouble of continuing to, to, to breed them. Um, but, okay. you know, we're, we're heavily relying on intervention.
1: Interesting. Infection. Well, yeah. and, and for them to breathe, it sounds like, too. Like, is there veterinary yeah. intervention as far as to, like, help that soft tissue uh, to things, too? Is there, like, surgeries or something?
0: to breathe yeah yeah so um uh so they can have airway surgery to help reduce some of the sort of um, symptoms of the airway obstruction so uh they can have surgery to widen their nostrils to shorten their uh, soft palate if it's too long and a lot of them have uh something that can contribute to their airway obstruction is that some of the tissue in their throat can pop out into their throat so a structure called the laryngeal saccule. So that's happened, they could be removed. Um, and, and there are some uh, centers. So in uh, the uh, Cambridge Vet School, um, have a uh, sort of brachycephalic um, research group. Um, and there they've pioneered some surgeries where they remove, actually remove the bones within the nasal cavity. So it's called a turbinectomy. Um, uh, oh, wow. Which is quite brutal sort of surgery, really. But some um, yeah. that's something that they really... Uh, is, is a is a last resort to help some of these dogs if the kind of conventional uh ballast surgery doesn't The majority of these dogs can be helped with that kind of uh surgery.
1: It's <laughs> it's interesting what you're saying is that, you know, we have bred these dogs to be to have that more exaggerated appearance and um, you know, have basically caused some of their medical issues and now we're just over here putting a band-aid yeah, you know yeah, like just yeah. like trying to to not necessarily fix the root of the issue but no just help them live
0: no that's the thing and, and that's one of the reasons why i started making making the tiktoks you know I, um a, another issue that they they can have and it's unfortunately it's often young uh, french bulldogs are at a uh, high risk of uh intervertebral disc disease of so problems with the, the, the discs in their spine um uh, prolapsing so they have them herniating um, and they can suddenly become completely paralyzed um, and that's something that uh, really as the French Bulldogs have become more and more popular uh, you know we're seeing um, you know, probably numerically more you know so the Dachshunds are known for yes uh, for okay that that's what I was going to say I really like yeah. the Dachshunds yeah. Um, yeah. but now because there are so many more French Bulldogs you are probably seeing more uh, young French Bulldogs with that particular problem than Dachshunds and then and then often they need major spinal surgery to have any chance of uh, recovering and and even with that a lot unfortunately some of them don't ever recover so you know a lot of people aren't prepared for the cost of of treating those Mm -hmm. kind of conditions you know they'll pay thousands of pounds in in the uk for these dogs and not expect them you know at the age of two for something like that to happen and unfortunately so you know i've had to put to sleep multiple of these dogs and um, because you know simply because people can't afford to treat them and um, they can't afford them to have the surgery and they're yeah. you know in, in severe pain and paralyzed and there's nothing else we can do for them or you know some some of these dogs do you know i've certainly seen some that have had surgery and and never never recovered and been in chronic pain and and, and still paralyzed and unfortunately that you know the only owners had to make the tough decision that they, they do need to be euthanized so i think seeing you know you know it's obviously very sad seeing these dogs and but as a, a, one of the reasons that i started making it making a TikToks so is that you know i'm experiencing seeing these problems as a vet but actually in practice you can feel quite helpless and you know like you say it does feel like you're just putting a band-aid on these issues um, yeah. but actually uh the issue is education is getting this information out there is um, you know, trying to make people understand what problems that you know, these breeds are prone to, and, and you know, China, to uh, because I you know I really think if people were more aware of these problems, they you know the French Bulldog wouldn't be number two most popular breed in the UK. Uh, I, I think if people truly understood how common these problems are and how expensive they are as well, um, you yes. know, if you, look, if you look up insurance quotes for uh, um, uh, a puppy, you know, an eight-week-old French Bulldog, um, you know, you're going to be paying. So sort of a good insurance you know three four times what you would for um many other breeds it's um, because you know it's all risk and they're high risk of needing to expensive and treatment
1: that was um and that's the thing too is um pet insurance is not as common in the u.s mm. and so people are just flat out paying out of pocket yeah. and and that's just yeah it's 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 a lot as you said and it's so interesting i think what a lot of people um don't see is is they get a puppy that's healthy. You know, yeah, they go yeah. they go to this breeder and like, oh look, the puppy's so healthy and yeah. you know, there because I remember working at the vet office, there's like an eight month old puppy, bulldog puppy that comes in and just bouncing off the wall, so healthy, so cute, like all great. And then you see them a year later and they're they're not feeling as healthy, you know, like they yeah. just are having a harder time moving, have a harder time breathing. And so I think that's the other thing too is that a lot of people they see they see a healthy puppy and then they don't see the six year old you know issues or whatever that the dog may have.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean a lot of these problems really aren't. You know, people bring in the sort of perfect little French Bulldog puppy that is adorable and and cute and 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 yeah, most of the time they don't. These problems aren't apparent when they're that young. You know, they don't tend to breathe um, particularly. Noisily at that age and you know uh, uh, and, and it's something that has developed um uh you know over the first few years of, of, of life so yeah
1: on that topic then as far as the band-aid and what is the fix i guess essentially you know like i know that norway just had that um new law pass of like banning breeding certain brachycephalic breeds um yeah. and so it's like is it is that the fix just like stop breeding them all together because i feel like I feel like a lot of people would would not be happy with that. Because no, there's no. so many people that love these breeds, as they should, because as you said, they're they're great dogs. So yeah, like yeah. in your opinion, what you know, in your professional opinion, yeah, what do you yeah. think is
0: Yeah. I, I mean I think um yeah, it's hard to see how, you know, you could ban these breeds when they're so extremely popular. Um, you know, I, I think um I think really the way dog breeding happens needs to change there just there needs to be less of a focus on the appearance of the dog and we need to really come to a point where we you know we're willing to forgo the sort of genetic purity of these of these dogs so that you know i think ultimately the question we need to ask is um, can with the existing gene pool and sort of variety in these breeds can their major problems and their kind of welfare issues be addressed and a lot of people think the answer is no to that so there are things that can be done so you know obviously there's a lot of health testing that they can have that can help to address some of those problems um so uh you know dna tests for certain inherited problems and um, but you know with particular problems like the, the the disc problems that they have um one of the major reasons why frenchies are at risk of uh disc disease is, is because they're a chondrodystrophic breed, so they have a inherited cartilage abnormality, and and you know we know the sort of major gene that is responsible for that, uh, and it's a uh, study at uh, UC Davis uh, found that about ninety percent of Frenchies have this gene, which means that you know wow. car- at least carriers of this gene have one or two copies, which puts them at higher risk of tick disease. So, what are you going to do? Restrict, you know, already a lot of these, you know, these breeds have a really small gene pool. Would you just cut out ninety percent of the gene pool? Um, and you know, when they've got so many different problems, it's hard to see how you can really tackle all of these major issues without crossbreeding. So, you know, really, I think a lot of geneticists and um, you know, veterinarians uh, and uh, you know, specialists in this area do really think that that is something that needs to happen. Um, but, you know, that is kind of um, blasphemy to the, a lot of pedigree dog breeders and, yes. kenn- and kennel clubs and breed clubs. Um, but I, I think really the time is sort of coming where, uh, you know, there needs to be some form of intervention to, you know, these problems have been known about for decades. Um, yeah. uh, and, you know, there's been a lot of time to, to, to tackle them, but, you know, not, uh, not enough is being being done. The other thing um, that, you know, as talking about the sort of health testing that, that can happen, there is a, um, in the, the UK Kennel Club have a, um, that d- uh, d- developed with the University of Cambridge, a, a grading system for the breathing issues in these breeds. So it's, um, uh, they can be graded on the severity of the, uh, the sort of airway obstruction. And the idea of that is to try and, um, uh, you know, breed, breed, you know, try and, uh, you know, avoid breeding the worst, the worst examples kind of the, the mm-hmm. breed that, that were most affected by that that's you know that sort of initiative is a is obviously good it's obviously positive and you know I definitely urge anyone that um you know has decided they you know, really want to get a french bulldog or a, or a pug and you know that you know they just definitely decided on that um yeah uh, obviously my kind of opinion you know I'd be kind of steering towards a different breed but if, you know people that are really really want to get one of those breeds then you know making sure they're happy. You know uh, that their parents are graded under that kind of system um, is, a, is a positive thing, um, but I think that's not the whole answer to um, to this problem.
1: To the whole thing, yeah.
0: yeah u- ultimately, I, I think these breeds just need to. Uh, I think people education is key. I think people just need to be. Um, if people are more aware of these problems, um, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be so popular.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense as far as what you were saying with crossbreeding. I think there was um I had an episode oh god it was a year ago now I guess um and with with that vet Sean so another uh, another yeah, London based yes. vet yeah. and um we were talking about kind of just problems with inbreeding basically was was the main topic and he yeah. I think in my research for that episode I need to go back and maybe I can add it into the show notes for this episode as well. Um, it was like there's like a German People in Germany were breeding pugs, crossbreeding with, I want to say either Boston Terrier or like beagles or something like that. But to extend that snout, like they were like this like German line of pugs and you could see the difference in the pictures. And, um, but they still looked like pugs. They just
0: could breathe.
1: And so that, you know, like if only, if only I think people could accept that. But I think a lot of times, um, as you said, the, the education is like such a key point because if people don't realize that that's not how the dog is supposed to be because i yeah, think a lot of people yeah. see see the breeds and they're yeah. like that's just that's just what they're supposed to be yeah, yeah. and it's like uh, no yeah. that's not what they're supposed to be they're not supposed to be have health problems especially if we can fix it
0: yeah absolutely yeah i think i think we have a very um, fixed idea of what a breed looks like and you know the, the dog breeds individuals in a lot of breeds have essentially you know you know they're practically clones of each other not you know obviously there is some variation but um you know they're uh, extremely similar looking and and the problem is that breeding introducing uh, other breeds you know pedigree dog breeders will say well that's not a pug you know you introduced a Boston Terrier or a Beagle you know what you're breeding is not a pug well you know what do we want from dogs you know does it really matter if they if they don't look exactly like what you have in, you know, that image you have in your mind, or what you, you know, yeah. what you know what so and so kennel club says a pug looks like. Surely we want a dog that is going to live a happy, pain free uh, life, mm-hmm. and is you know is able to exercise and, and have a you know a decent life expectancy. Yes. Um, you know, surely if it looks very slightly different to what you look, you know, what you think a pug uh, or used to a pugs looking like. You know, so that's a good thing if the dog is gonna have a happier life.
1: Exactly. Yes. I could not agree more. Um, well, you have given us so much great info, Dr. Ben. Thank you for just really outlining all of this. I think, you know, I don't want anyone to be deterred necessarily from like having an interest if that's the breed that you want. Yeah. You know, when you've yeah. done all your research, then it's great. But I think it really, as you said, education, just like people need to know what they're getting into and you know, and then also make decisions as far as what kind of breeder they potentially go to and yeah. stuff. And maybe if that breeder is a bit more progressive, doing some crossbreeding, whatever, yeah. then it's like maybe that's great. And so, um, yeah. yeah, I think I think all this info has been very helpful and just just interesting. Interesting, you know <laughs> what what our human intervention has kind of like how how that's changed um, dog breeds and and all of that so last question so usually i wrap up with a um question of you know this is the with a dog podcast so why do you choose life with a dog but maybe put a little spin on it for you you know this is the with a dog podcast so why do you choose life working for dogs
0: yeah so um well I guess I've always loved dogs um and uh, i don't have a dog currently and you know i've got uh, we've got a five month old baby at the moment and then um, Uh, just various life circumstances that sort of prevented us getting a dog. But, um, one day we we will. But I I think really I, you know, I, being a vet is all about, um, protecting, uh, and safeguarding the sort of welfare of animals that are under our care. That's what the, 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 the oath that we swear, you know, is. And, uh, you know, I'm just passionate about doing what I, everything I can to, to protect, um, dog, dog welfare. Um, and uh yeah tiktok is part of that
1: perfect well thank you so much if anyone wants to follow you tiktok instagram all that can you plug your info for our listeners
0: yeah so on tiktok um uh, ben the vet um and uh the same on 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 instagram uh, as well Uh, so uh, feel free to uh, head on there
1: all right well if anyone wants to follow the podcast it's at with the dog podcast on instagram and facebook and then with the dog pod on tiktok we have new episodes every wednesday and we'll see you next week thank you ben thank you All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist.